Another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju, the show where we love comics and you should too. I am your host, Vactor Trent Justin Vactor, and on the show this week we have returning MCU expert Mark Bibbert from not only the Animation Fascination podcast but the Holdo Maneuver podcast. Mister Bibbert, how are you? Doing okay, my friend. How are you? Excellent, because. I'm going to be talking about MCU with an MCU expert. So we had you join us for She-Hulk Attorney at Law Episode 2. Now let's have you join for Episode 3, The People versus Emil Blonsky. Okay, so what did you think overall? Let's get right into it of Episode 3 of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I really enjoyed this uh, this episode. I liked how it was structured. This one's definitely closer to like how a like television episode would be structured. They even um, later in the episode, she's even like bringing the A and B lines together. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so I, I liked because uh, a lot of the like the MCU series so far on Disney Plus have kind of uh, been like a like six to like nine hour film most of the time, like spread across the entire series. Uh, there's been like few exceptions there but like it's not as like episodic as as like a like a normal tv show would be whereas this is kind of fit more into that like episodic nature so far with this show so i've been liking that uh i liked the uh the wong cinematic universe uh, continuing in this episode as well too uh yeah uh we'll get into some other stuff but yeah overall i enjoyed this episode I join your thoughts. This episode, I thought, was a lot more fourth wall breaky, and that's right up my alley. Anything that has fourth wall breaking, whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, it's ever since I was a little kid, it's always been like magic to me that the characters are talking to me or that yeah. they know that they're in some type of a fictional universe. Like that, there's that Bugs Money and Daffy Duck cartoon where. Bugs is is the artist and he's messing with Daffy. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite episode as a kid of of all Looney Tunes. So with She-Hulk, this is like right up my alley, just like Forrest, um, I'm uh, not Forrest, um, Ferris Bueller, sorry. Oh, yeah, sure. This is right up my alley of talking directly to me and addressing the audience. So I'm very happy that this episode had as much as it did because I thought it was very interesting that when she broke the fourth wall in the car, she knew information that she didn't know when she was oh, in, yeah. in the actual show about Wong. Yeah. That was so interesting. I thought that was really, really cool that the way that they did that. And I want to see if there's any ramifications of what happens down the line. But you said the Wong cinematic universe, and he was kind of the big guest star for this episode. Every episode has had, and she even references it in that fourth wall break of, Oh, these are all the guest appearances and don't forget whose show it is. And so when Wong came in, I was excited because I love, um, I was going to say Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong. (laughs) Um, I love him as an actor. Uh, the, the Benedict cinematic universe. I love all the times that he's ever appeared in the movies and now in the TV shows. So seeing Wong on screen was great. Now, maybe as an MCU expert, 
you had a little bit more understanding than I did because I still do not understand why Wong was fighting with Abomination. Did, did this episode clear it up for you at all? Or are you still lost like me? A little bit, but I also think that he's kind of making up a, mm. like uh, where it's a lie that's based on a little bit of fact where like part of that is true. Like just because like of what we saw in Shang-Chi was like it seemed like that wasn't like the only time that they've done that just because oh, yeah. kind of like the conversations that. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't hear Emil say anything in Shang-Chi, but like when they're kind of doing that whole fight. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Wong is kind of gave it like a half truth of like that whole thing because he already was the Sorcerer Supreme. He didn't right. need to do that fight to become the Sorcerer Supreme. So I, I think maybe like that'll keep further getting explained, maybe in this, maybe other stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that's what I was like kind of confused about because him using it as the excuse of, oh, I'm training to become Sorcerer Supreme. But wait a minute, you were supposed to be Sorcerer Supreme for five years now, ever since the blip. So yeah. I didn't quite understand that because Shang-Chi takes place after the blip, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to see some more. I hope they will elaborate on that. It's just my the way my brain works. I'm like, all right. There's there's this little thing that's not making sense. So I want I want the more explanation about that. But I think the comedy of this show is hitting on all levels. I don't know if we said that last week because I've talked to you off mic before about the comedy on this show is one of the funniest things I'm watching right now. I think Harley Quinn is probably my my the funniest show that I'm watching. But this is kind of a close second right now. All the stuff Jessica Gow is writing and putting together i think has been fantastic so that's that's what stood out to me so far as the comedy actually yeah it's very uh smart and well written Uh, like especially uh like it's kind of fourth wall breaking uh but like in a different sense with like the whole uh like uh, misogynistic like comments online (laughs) within the episode essentially which could have just been stuff that they copied and pasted off of like real life Twitter and, right. and just be like, burr, burr. Uh, but it's literally like, it, happening as the show is airing. Yeah. And it's almost kind of uh, like sad, like how predictable, like those do those man bros or dude yeah. bros or whatever you want to call them are in like what they're going to say about like this, the show or basically any show that doesn't fit into like what they like about the MCU. Right. So, yeah, that's an interesting, like you said, not a direct fourth wall, but kind of a meta thing of the commentary of dude bros and the Me Too movement and like all kind of backlash. So I've been watching it on that level, that meta level, and then also kind of just the show itself taking in the comedy and the explicit fourth wall breaking, like I said, which that kind of sets it apart from anything else in the MCU maybe set aside daredevil which before was not mcu but now is um we haven't really had any fourth wall breaking so that stuff has been great or do you mean deadpool what's that do you mean deadpool oh what did i say daredevil oh yeah too many d's (laughs) deadpool yes i'm sorry um i I should have known i've got a red marvel (laughs) shirt on but um either way i think 
what they're doing with this show and the way that they're bringing Jennifer Walters in, I think is going to be good for the MCU overall. And this show, or I'm sorry, this episode in particular was really good at her character development of becoming more comfortable with She-Hulk, getting comfortable in her own skin as it were. Yeah. So I like that evolution and that transition because in the comics, um, had you read any of the the John Byrne She-Hulk? I have not yet. She's very comfortable as She-Hulk, and she actually remains as She-Hulk for a large percentage of that John Byrne run. So mm-hmm. on the show, I think just because of the the CG limitations, and that was, I would say that was the one thing that I'm not as high on for this show, is the CG in certain shots can look really rough. And I think that was just, you know, the reality of making it post COVID and a lot of the stuff that we've seen come out about Marvel and the pressures on the, the FX artists. So I think the CG itself, if that was a little bit more polished, this show would be perfect for me. Um, But I think showing her as she Hulk 24 seven would not necessarily be possible. So having Tatiana Maslany in her human form works for this show rather than as in the comics, she remains in She-Hulk form for a large period of time. So yeah, just this episode, it's just another, I think we're going to be getting this a lot. Every episode is like Tatiana Maslany was great. The comedy was great. The fourth wall breaking was great. All kind of Easter eggs in the background. We're going to be getting a lot of this stuff. I want to ask you in particular, what did you think about, Emil, Emil Blonsky's and Abomination's continuing evolution from what we had seen previously in The Incredible Hulk. How do you like him now, the more zen Abomination? Namaste. <laughs> uh, I, I thought he, I, I liked uh, seeing or getting to see Tim Roth kind of flex more of his comedic muscle too. Because, like, yeah. like, if you've seen like any like like older Tarantino films or really like a bunch of films tim roth is on uh it's not specifically a tarantino film uh he is involved with it but the the movie four rooms uh where like mm. tim roth plays like the bellboy in that that's a, a great film showcasing him like a like with comedic talent and stuff like that so it i would recommend if anybody has enjoyed tim roth's uh kind of more comedic uh version of a meal in this to definitely check that out but I like seeing him in his better eighths yeah. uh, in this too. So I thought that was funny. And I like kind of how like in the end credits to the, uh, this third episode, they had uh, kind of like the aftermath of him uh, with the, the whole case uh, with them, like swooning after him in the, the release bus from the, the prison. Yeah. I kind of so. wish the title cards were all new every week because we get some repeat ones that are kind of just setting up the show in general but I like yeah. the ones that are specific to each episode. So that one for sure was a great one. And the better ace thing was great. And actually we should probably point out on last week's show <laughs> of the comic book Kaiju, I said that his pen pals were his cellmates and I watched it with the subtitles and he said, soulmates, not cellmates. So oh, we were way off on the Thunderbolts. <laughs> and what was the other theory that we had last week? Oh, uh, I think uh, Masters of Evil, I thought. I think I said too. Yeah. Yeah. So 
we were way off. That was just a comedy bit of these women that he met, kind of like a cult in prison. Or uh, were th- we? They were all off, funny. And there's more to the story. Oh, maybe we'll get some more. Uh, so yeah, all that stuff was great. Wong showing up at the last minute in prison was great. I know, it's like jumps in through the yeah. portal. What did she say? She had a line about like, this guy's, he has the power to transport instantly, <laughs> oh, yeah. but he's always late. Yeah, kind of like, like Barry a, Allen, Flash. Yeah, he's got like a, <laughs> a two second commute. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff is great. Man, I, I'm loving this show. Like I said, even from the first episode, this was like my top MCU show right now. As long as they stick the landing, I think this is going to surpass Loki for me. Um, have you been feeling it week to week? Has it been growing or has it been kind of remaining level for you? How are you feeling about the momentum of She-Hulk? Uh, I think it's been kind of remaining level for me so far, uh, just because uh, I really enjoyed it right out of the gate. Uh, and I was already a fan of Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Uh, so I already kind of had that semi-built-in bias, at least just for her, just from uh, watching her and other stuff like Between Orphan Black. or uh, She was actually in another uh, lawyer show, uh, HBO's uh, Perry Mason oh. uh, remake. Uh, nice. She was really good in that too. She, I think, she actually made a joke in, uh, like one, like one of the press interviews she was doing for this show, where she's like, "They can just use some like random clip from that and cut to it, and it'll be like, it, it'll, it'll be like a cool metal joke, like, <laughs> be like, see, see, like, there's me in another lawyer show." <laughs> uh, and I thought the stuff with the uh, new Asgard light elf stuff was great with her um, defrauding um, the client and the Megan, the stallion stuff, that whole storyline. And we, and you talked about it connecting the ACE plot line. line, I thought both of them were great. I loved both um, storylines and having the actual Megan, the stallion show up was a funny appearance. And you had showed me, there was a rumor before the episode that she was going to be making her MCU debut. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, the other thing that I've uh, been thinking was funny is that the Josh the Cigara uh, plays Pug on that, and he got a kind of a little bit more of a spotlight in this episode. Uh, I, I made like a joke tweet. I was like, "Man, Josh Cigara really, really loves the color green." Just between like he was a vigilante. I think we mentioned that last last time too, but on Green Arrow. But then now he's like in a show with a, a green woman. So I was like, "Man, this dude loves green." <laughs> I liked Maybe his. He'll be in a Green Lantern something later. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, but I, I liked his, uh, like his whole like B storyline. Yeah. With uh, with that douche that <laughs> that, <laughs> that Jennifer used to work with. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. there, like you said, there's a, a little bit of more Asgard in here as well between the the Light Elf, and then we had the the Wrecking Crew show up. Or you, you kind of brought that up with like um like where she was like kind of getting more comfortable in her skin too. I liked that part where like uh like where they go to jump her and and she like screams and whatnot and then she's like, wait. And then she and then she transforms into She Hulk. Yeah. She's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, that was great. And the very last shot of her seeing herself in the mirror was great. And I love that the wrecking crew are directly out of the comics. Like that was exactly how the wrecking crew are. And they have this mystery dangling at the end. Who is the boss who wanted to get her blood? Tony and Danza. I've seen a ton of rumors online. I don't want to speculate exactly who it is. I just want to know, tell me who it is. Tell me who the boss is. 
So hopefully we'll Danza. see something in the next episode. The boss is Tony Danza. Ooh. That's that's who the boss is. <laughs> what if it's a baby? It's boss baby. It's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. But yeah, I cannot wait to see the next episode. Every week, this is the thing that I'm most looking forward to. Harley Quinn, I think, is a close second. But She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, is my number one show each week that I'm looking forward to. So yeah, I guess just another great episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, was there anything? Actually, I, I mentioned that the CG kind of was spotty for me on on certain parts. Was there anything for you that you didn't love necessarily or you didn't like? Uh, I can't like really think of anything off the top of my head. There, there was uh, like like one shot that, that was kind of iffy, uh, like with the CG, CG, cause it didn't feel like the, the lighting blended well with oh. the shot in that. Um, but other than that, I was fine with it. And I thought the, the post credit scene was really funny and all the people getting butt hurt about that are can. Yeah. I don't are highly predictable for, for why they're getting butt hurt. Right. I don't understand. But, I thought it was funny. I thought yeah. I, I posted on my YouTube shorts and, my TikTok and Instagram reels, all that stuff. I thought it was great. So oh, yeah, those that... behind the scene shots of Tatiana Maslany doing that were yes. great. So I'm looking forward to the, the assembled yes. for this. And hopefully I can't see wait. Some that, of is, that, that. that is going to be really good. Yeah. All right, cool. So I think MCU expert, Mark Vibbert and myself, Trent Justin Vactor, we both give it a thumbs up for episode three of She-Hulk attorney at law. And we thank you very much for not only listening, but also watching. If you're watching on YouTube, the comic book kaiju. All right, Mr. Vibbert, where can they find you on the internet this week? Uh, this week uh, and well, every week, uh, uh, every other week I'm doing one or the other of, my, of the podcasts that I'm on. So uh, this week there will be a new animation fascination out. Uh, where we're going to cover the Netflix uh, like miniseries uh, that's like a live action CG hybrid uh, called Lost Ollie, and that may or may not have a someone that does a voice in that. That is another character that we were hinting at about earlier in this episode within the MCU. Oh, snap. Uh, and then uh, next week uh, after that, there'll be a new episode of Holdo Maneuver where we're going to be talking about uh, Shadows of the Empire. Like all of like the video games and the book and the comics related to Shadows of the Empire. And I'll have our, oh. our buddy uh, Gorfi on it. Yeah. Or as all I right. affectionately call him, Canadian Justin. <laughs> Excellent. So everybody check those out and also check out the comic book Kaiju on social media. You can find us at CBK Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you're watching on youtube if you're so kind leave us a five-star review in apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you are consuming your podcast thank you very much my friends and mark vibbert loves comics so you should too